Oh, hi, everybody. Ezra Levant here for Rebel News. I am in our world headquarters in Toronto. I say Rebel World Headquarters. It's a little bit grandiose, but it's true. We have people in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. And these days in southern Israel, our chief Australia correspondent, who's normally based in Melbourne, is in Sterot, which is a town that is now completely evacuated on the Gaza border. That is surely where an incursion is set to happen. In fact, I saw some IDF, Israel Defense Forces, footage of a brief and surgical incursion that apparently happened yesterday at night. I don't know if you saw that image released by the IDF, but it was interesting. Yeah, that's it right there if you want to. I think that's it. Or, or No, that's different footage there. Um, anyway, it's not that interesting. It's night footage of, that's it there, of an incursion. Just show it. I thought that was... Uh, Interesting, they're entering with a armed bulldozer and then they crossed into Gaza. There is uh, There are some fields between Gaza City and the Israeli border. And it's still astonishing to me. These are This is uh, footage released by the IDF of an incursion. Uh, I don't know what what they were doing in that specific incursion, but they showed the video footage. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit more about the war, the, the winds of war, the drumbeat of war around the world. And um, of course, we're very concerned about World War III. Who wouldn't be? But uh, more and more, I'm concerned about the home front. I'm concerned about people who are chanting in support of the new Nazis, chanting in support of uh, genocide against Jews. That's what from the river to the sea means. Exterminate every Jew between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. Destroy all of Jerusalem, all of Tel Aviv. Basically kill every Jew there. That's what they mean. By any means necessary, intifada revolution. That's what these words mean. They're not very uh, vague, are they? And what do we do if we have that kind of brazen terrorist support? And if you're wondering the way to react, well, if, if you need some coaching on how to react, um, just swap out the last genocidal uh, rape, torture, murder, maim uh, outfit, the Nazis. If you have trouble, if, if it's the Arabic accent that's in your way, then replace it with a German accent. And, and if it's don't buy from Jewish stores, which we heard in Toronto last week, replace it with Kauf nicht bei Juden or whatever the German pronunciation is for their boycott. How would you feel if a professor um, stood by Adolf, Adolf Hitler and the Holocaust? How would you feel about that? Uh, how would you feel about, oh, say a bunch of people with tiki torches saying we hate Jews, just swap that out with people with Palestinian flags saying we hate Jews. Um, and they do say Jews most of the time. Sometimes they're 1% clever and say Zionists, but of course Zionism is rooted in Judaism. Um, that's the world we're in. But I have to say that is not the only story in the world. And we cover many stories. As you know, we're covering the trial of Tamara Leach, the leader in many ways of the trucker movement. She's on trial in Ottawa. And we have Robert Krejcik in the courthouse reporting in uh, live tweeting and videos. We covered the Million March for Kids 
uh, recently, and then the second version of that, we cover transgender extremism, such as the 50-year-old man who was allowed in the swimming pool to commute against 13-year-old girls. So we are covering many things. That's the wonderful thing about Rebel News in 2023, is we have a large and diverse staff. When I say diverse, I mean of different interests, of different backgrounds in different cities following different beats. I suppose we are diverse by leftist terms, races, religions, etc. But our commonality is our belief in telling the other side of the story and our editorial philosophy of freedom and privacy and uh, a lot of other issues that really we proved our mettle during the lockdowns and the, and the vaccine mandates and the like. Um, but we also do talk about partisan politics. And something astonishing happened yesterday. Um, Glenn McGregor, who is Justin Trudeau's most loyal Justin Journo in the media party. He was fired recently by CTV, um, which is odd. But he made a big comeback yesterday by spilling the tea about Justin Trudeau and his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, who has um, been, well, the word they use is just an incredible word, repartnered. Here's Glenn McGregor, new on the stack, Ottawa doctor repartnered with Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, his ex claims, surgeon's former wife, cited security concerns over his new relationship in their divorce months before announcement of Trudeau's separation. There's a lot in there. Um, it was reprinted by the National Post um, and then carried elsewhere in post-media newspapers. So basically, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, even though she is still legally married uh, to Justin Trudeau, has for months now been um, dating another married man. So you've got two married couples, and that is very much on brand um, with uh, the Trudeau legacy. I mean, if you recall, his father, Pierre Trudeau, and his mother, Margaret Trudeau, they both um, furiously cheated on each other. Uh, Margaret Trudeau cheated on him with, with a variety of people, including in the Rolling Stones. She was a party girl, dance girl at the Studio 54 nightclub in New York City. Um, there is debate as to whether or not she cheated on Trudeau with Fidel Castro. And Pierre Trudeau was no slouch. Uh, he was a serial, um, serially uh, unfaithful to her as well. So in some ways, this is all Justin Trudeau knows. He, he thinks this is how you, you live as a man and as a husband. And um, I'm not here particularly to judge Trudeau's personal life, because that's the thing. A personal life is personal. And the reason we talk about Justin Trudeau is because of his public life. However, he has deployed his wife in his public life, particularly in stage-managed photos designed to promote his campaign. So the other day, for example, actually in May, can you call up that Trudeau tweet of them holding hands in a camper or something? Yeah, so here's a tweet from Justin Trudeau in May 28th. Um... They were, they're not legally divorced at this point, but 
she is with this other married man, this Ottawa surgeon, and, and they're, they're separated at this point. But um, here's what he tweeted from his government account. That's what the great check mark means. Every mile of this journey together is an adventure. I love you, Soph. Happy anniversary. Um, it looks like there's some community notes that are going to be attached. That scroll down a little bit. <laughs> um, looks like uh, this is a stage PR photo. The couple was already separated as early as the previous April, and Sophie was in a new relationship. And then they have the source for that. Is this note helpful? Yes, I think it is helpful. That's my view on that. If you want to click on the word yes there. And here, let's just read a little bit of the story. And I'll tell you why I think Glenn McGregor is writing this. Glenn McGregor was uh, deputized by Trudeau to write about Trudeau's income and assets when he was running for prime minister because other investigative journalists were working on it and were getting, we're going to have explosive uh, uh, explosive story about how just how extremely wealthy Trudeau is because of his family trust fund. So Trudeau leaked some details to Glenn McGregor in advance, knowing that McGregor would write the gentlest, most loving version of that story possible to take the wind out of the sails of the real journalists who were on the file. And I believe that's what's going on here. But let me quote a little bit from the story as posted in the National Post. Sophie Gregoire Trudeau repartnered. Oh, I love that word. I've never heard that before. With Ottawa doctor, ex-wife claims in divorce petition. The surgeon's ex-wife cited, quote, discomfort and security concerns over the new relationship months after uh, before announcement of Trudeau's separation. Scroll down just a little bit. When Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, announced in August they had legally separated, neither offered any explanation as to why their 18-year marriage had come to an end. But according to allegations in a divorce claim against an Ottawa pediatric surgeon, by the time the prime minister's breakup became international news, Gregoire Trudeau was already in another relationship. And please scroll down a little bit more. In the divorce petition filed April 26, Anna Ramonda alleges her former spouse, Dr. Marcos Batoli, has repartnered with a high-profile individual who attracts significant media attention and presents significant security considerations. That individual is not identified by name in the court documents, but it has been confirmed that Ramona's claim refers to Gregoire Trudeau. So like I say, Glenn McGregor has the inside track because he's trying to get this news out there in a way that is most felicitous to Trudeau. He's taking the air out of the balloon. And look at that photo they have there. They go back to that image there. So there's Sophie Gregoire Trudeau and Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden and Dr. Jill Biden, uh, when when they uh, had that visit to Canada, but Sophie and and Justin were separated. She was she was sleeping with another guy. She's living with another guy. Um, they they really have been in different uh, houses. She's been living at the Harrington Lake uh, summer house or uh, for years. Um, so that photo was a PR stunt. Yeah, let's read the caption in that photo. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden pose for members of the media as they arrive to visit Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, at Rideau Cottage, March 23, 2023. Well, they had been separated for almost a year later, so I think they have to update that photo. Um, and uh, uh, Olivia, I'm going to send you an email here 
or, or you probably have it from Jason with the, um, from the Hollywood Reporter. Do you have that one? I just resent it to you as well. So again and again, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau is hooked up with another guy. Uh, we don't know where they're living, but I presume that she's at Harrington Lake, which is a government-owned facility, and she's hooked up with some other guy there. And um, here's the Hollywood Reporter as local spending, mandate, whatever, Netflix, blah, blah, blah. Scroll down. So there's this Netflix party um, in Toronto in April. Can you just do the word search for uh, Trudeau in there? So they've been separated for a year. She's shacked up with this doctor. Yeah, that's it right there. Just uh, I'll read that line there. Uh, we're excited to have a new home here in Toronto and are looking forward to all the great work to come with uh, talented people in this country, Sarando said while toasting his party guests who included Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his wife, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. So she's basically saying, I'll keep my... Uh, infidelity and the fact I've shacked up with another married man. So you got two married people who are shacking up with each other. I don't know who the homewrecker is. I'll keep it a secret if you let me come to the Netflix party. And she has been living on the government dime for a year and a half, even though she is in a common law relationship with another man. Um, you have that document, Olivia, the, uh, the Challenger Jet Manifest. So I want to explain to you a document we're looking at here. This is what's called an order paper question. In Parliament, there's something called question period, which is exactly what you know. The opposition stands up, verbally asks a question. It typically is a surprise question. The government doesn't know it's coming. The government probably had a hunch it was coming because it's usually on some scandal of the day. So the government either has a prepared line or they just sort of get the fog machine going. Very little comes out of question period in terms of news or facts. It's just lots of Sturm und Drang. But order paper questions are a little bit different. They're put in writing and they're not answered immediately live. They're answered by cabinet ministers and they, they really are answered typically. They're not just sloughed off. So um, earlier this year, um, an MP from Okanagan named, um, I'm just trying to remember his first, Dan Albus, that's right. Dan Albus, uh, who's a conservative MP, wrote an order paper question, which is this, and I'll just read it to you. With regard to usage of the government's fleet of Challenger aircraft, since February 1st, 2023, what are the details of the legs of each flight, including the date, point of departure, destination, number of passengers, names and titles of the passengers, excluding security or Canadian Armed Forces members, total catering bill related to the flight, volume of fuel used or an estimate, and amount spent on fuel? So he's basically saying, tell me everything about who's using Canada's private jets. When I say Canada's private jets, I mean the government's private jets. So that's a pretty good question. You can imagine if you said that in oral questions, in question period, the minister in charge, um, which in this case is, um, I'm not sure uh, who the, um, 
if this is the transport minister or what, I'm sorry, I don't know a department. But whatever the department is, if you would ask that technical, detailed question, they would stand up and say, I, I don't have those details off the top of my head. That's the point of a written order paper question. You can ask an extremely detailed question. Tell me every flight, where it went, who was on it, how much you spent on catering, the titles of every person, how much you spent on jet fuel. That's a great question. So show the answer. Put the answer on the screen. And... Um, I just want to, f and, and let me just show what some of them look like. So, for example, February 6th to 10th, you can see Her Excellency the Governor General, Ian McCowan, Ismat Hijazi, Jeanette Stovell, Mireille Sylvester. So, just naming the people who are on the plane. I'm just giving you an example. There are 15 passengers. They were named, you know, two security, three Canadian Armed Forces, and four crews. So, they named the people who there and they, they spent five grand in catering, 24,000 liters of fuel, and 40 grand spent on fuel. That's just an example of an answer. And you look through these and you start to see some recurring names. For example, the very uh, couple of days later, you can see the prime minister's on the flight and Hadrian Trudeau, that's his son, is on the flight. So he's flying with his son, um, just taking his son along on the government jet. And Adam Scotty, for example, we know is his personal photographer. So he went to Whitehorse and back. And if you scroll through it, um, you can see who's on the planes. Now, Sophie appears only once uh, in February Sorry, on, let me take that back. If you search, if you do a word search for Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, you can see that she is on a flight on April 2nd to 10th. As they go Ottawa, Montreal, Val d'Or, Quebec, Toronto, Peterborough, Montreal, Bozeman, Montana, Yellowstone, and back to Ottawa. So it's this big fly along, pick up different people, and they're going on a holiday in Montana. So can you blow up that to make it as large as possible? So here's who's on the trip to Montana. It's a holiday to Montana. Justin Trudeau, Sophie Trudeau, Xavier, Ella Grace, and Hadrian Trudeau, so all the kids. And then I don't recognize some, Cameron Ahmad is an assistant to Trudeau. Uh, Adam Scotty is a photographer. I don't know all the names there. And um, so Justin Trudeau is taking another man's common law wife, his legal wife. But in April of 2023, uh, Sophie Gregoire Trudeau was living with another man, this Ottawa doctor. Now, maybe it's okay to go on a family vacation with, his, with her ex on government expense. But you can see one of the reasons why they lied, why they would want to lie. Because it, it's a question, isn't it? Why are you flying around your ex-wife who is with another man? And that's just one question amongst dozens of questions of what did the taxpayer spend perpetrating the fiction 
that Justin Trudeau and Sophie Trudeau were still husband and wife? What perks did she avail herself of? What costs did she avail herself of, given that they have not actually been together for a year and a half? So that hand-holding picture, can you show the hand-holding picture again? Um, what, why, what was the point of this hand-holding picture, the anniversary picture? And by the way, who took it? When you think about that, who took that picture? It's sort of, it's a posed picture. They're driving like they're an old, happy couple. They were, they're both, I don't know if Trudeau's with anyone. I could speculate, but I don't know. But we know that Sophie Gregoire Trudeau is living with another man who's still married, apparently. Who conceived of this and why? And were government resources used for it? And is that inappropriate? There's some legal and ethical questions there for sure. Now, I want to show you um, something that's a little unusual uh, in my mind. Uh, there's a nanny, a young woman who works for Justin Trudeau, named Sarah Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. And if you look at the same answer, this same document, she flew on a flight on April 30th of this year between Ottawa and Toronto. And if you look at who's on that flight, Justin Trudeau is on it, James Armbruster, Alex Tetro, Kate Van Gerven, the nanny, Sarah Clark, and several other people. But none, but I, I don't see the Trudeau kids on there. So why is this young woman, why is this nanny flying on Trudeau's private jet without the kids? That's unusual. And um, there's one more document that I think is our document. I think we may have requested this. I don't think it's a order paper question. And yeah, that's the document. You got it there. And um, can you word search Sarah Clark as well? And you can see that... Um, the flight from London back to Ottawa. This is coming back from King Charles's coronation. So Sophie Trudeau went, well, first of all, let's establish the fact that uh, the coronation of King Charles uh, was this May, May of 2023. So a year after Sophie had shacked up with this Ottawa surgeon. So Sophie Trudeau's living with this Ottawa surgeon and it's causing some issues for his wife because of the security. But can you just put, put an image of, um, like just show people that Sophie Trudeau and Justin Trudeau went to the coronation pretending to be married. Can you just give me a Google image of, of that? just to prove to people that they were there together. Yeah, right there. 
Oh, no, sorry, that's not the image. It doesn't have to be, a, like, I think you're searching in YouTube there. It could just be a... Oh, you think there's a video of it? Great. Take my word for it, they did. And that, I think, was the trip where... Um, yeah, so here's every... Yeah, put that on the screen. So here's all the dignitaries from around the world filing in. It's quite a prestigious event. It's a very fancy event. There's the Canadian flag. So in the first rank is, uh, you can see the governor general and her husband. And then there's Justin Trudeau and Sophie Trudeau holding hands as if they're married, presenting as if they're married, but they're not anymore. She's in a common law marriage with another guy now. How do you feel about taxpayers flying her to Ottawa? I mean, there's the, there's the deception aspect of it, which is a question in itself. How do you feel about being lied to? And then there's the cost aspect of it. Hey, I'm going to take a short break. I want to run some ads. Take a look at these. We've got a cruise I want you to consider going on, a Rebel News cruise featuring Tamara Leach. Take a look at these. We'll be right back. David Menzies for Rebel News here in downtown Toronto. And I got to tell you, folks, next March, March 23rd to 30th, to be precise, we are going on a Caribbean cruise. Can you imagine that? And a lot of your favorite rebels will be there, such as Sheila Gunn-Reeds. We got Alexa Lavoie, the big boss man himself. Of course, he'll be there, Ezra Levant. And how about this? How about this for the cherry on the Sunday? Tamara Leach, Canada's number one freedom fighter. She'll be on that boat, too. And look at the itinerary. We're gonna be going to Half Moon Cay in the Bahamas, and then we're gonna jazz it up in Oco Rios, Jamaica, and then there's Georgetown in the Cayman Islands, and finally Cozumel, Mexico. Can you imagine that? If you want more details in terms of getting aboard the ship, go to rebelnewscruise.com. That's rebelnewscruise.com. All the details are there, the departure dates, the costs, and you know what? This is not just a fun-filled getaway, this is a way in which Rebel News raises some revenue. Unlike the mainstream media, we don't receive a nickel of government funding, nor would we take it if ever offered. So it's win-win. Enjoy yourself in the Caribbean and Mexico, and also support your favorite online news channel. So that's rebelnewscruise.com. I hope to see you aboard. Hey, Ben Shapiro here. This November, the Wilberforce Project is bringing me to Canada. If you want to fight the woke machine destroying families, join me in Calgary for my talk, hosted by the Wilberforce Project. Go to benshapirolive.ca for info and tickets. Come on out November 25th. It's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Truckers' Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists, like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus, New World Sun, just off a European tour, and the legendary R&B master, Leroy Emanuel. Get on the freedom train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara on the Lake Central Community Center, 680 York Road. 
Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming. Know your rights. Know your freedoms. Hey, before we took the break, I was talking to you about Justin Trudeau and Sophie Trudeau and how they've been lying to you for a year and a half at least. Sophie Trudeau has shacked up with an Ottawa uh, physician who apparently is not quite single. He's still married. So you've got a married woman and a married man from different marriages doing sort of the double home wreck. Okay. Um, listen, I can only imagine what it would be like to be uh, in a household with Justin Trudeau. I don't blame her for wanting out of it. What's really weird, though, is instead of living her new life, she's with her new man, this Ottawa doctor, but still taking the perks of being the first lady, which she ain't. Or is she? Or is this some polygamous polycule, as they say? My point for saying that is Trudeau's personal life is personal except for when it expresses itself publicly. And when Sophie Gregoire Trudeau, who we've always known as being the gold digger, she's the one who insisted that they get the uh, vacation on Billionaire Island in the Bahamas. If you read the ethics report, it was Sophie Trudeau who was egging that on. You know, she went there on other occasions, too, with all her friends. She thought she was living that Kardashian lifestyle. Um, she was the one who told the, the owner of that island is the Aga Khan, his daughter, Prince, the princess. When Sophie Trudeau rang up and said, hey, I want to come to the island with my friends, the princess said, well, you, you know, we're not, we're not going to be there. And Sophie Trudeau said, perfect. We just want the place. So it was Sophie Trudeau who was the gold digger. Maybe I should be more sympathetic to, to Trudeau um, and what he must have gone through. But that's fine. That's between them. They're separated. They're, they're, she's in a common law marriage now with this new guy. Um, but for a year and a half thereafter, she would avail herself of the public trough. She would go with Trudeau at government expense to the coronation. She would go with Trudeau to, I don't know what that Netflix thing is. Maybe Sophie Trudeau just thinks she's a, a celebrity herself and wants to go and, and hobnob with some Hollywood lovies and maybe get some gig or something. Um, all of these public events, she of course she wanted to be there when Joe Biden came to town. And, and um, can you find that video clip? I remember this one video clip of when Trudeau was holding Sophie's hand and she pulled it away. I think when they were getting their shots. Do you know that? Do you know that vid? And, and that was the most honest moment I think Trudeau uh, and his ex-wife have had. Uh, I mean, I can understand why Trudeau wanted the lie. He's, he's a deceiver by nature. He's sociopathic that way. Really, is there anything Justin Trudeau has ever said to us that's true? And uh, take a look at this. <laughs> this um, I, I can't remember the exact date of this, but I'm pretty sure they were living separate lives by this point. And Trudeau, the dramatic actor, the drama teacher, uh, he wanted to go through with the charade by holding hands. And uh, Sophie Trudeau didn't have much interest in that. Uh, you know, I, I almost felt bad for the guy. It's like when those Jumbotron cameras at sports games come on and they zoom in on couples and they expect, it's like the kiss cam and they expect couples to kiss. And um, you ever see those when the guy leans in for the kiss and the girl pulls away? Those are just achingly heartbreaking moments of uh, sheer embarrassment. That's sort of what um, happened to Justin Trudeau there. Um, I'm just going to put in the, in the live stream chat a link to a CBC story about that $6,000 hotel bill. In, uh, and that wasn't for the coronation. That was for the Queen's um, funeral. 
And um, let me just check the, da uh, the date on that. Queen Elizabeth. Uh, she passed away in 2022. And let me just get the date on that so I'm accurate. September. So they were uh, separated for six months by now. So they both flew to London. $6,000 government bill for a hotel room, and they lied and lied and lied about who stayed in there. In the end, months later, Trudeau said, oh, it was me. Maybe, or maybe that was Sophie Trudeau and her new man. I don't know. Um, what's really weird, though, is the flight manifest for the trip home. Let's go back to that document again, Olivia. So here is an access to information document showing that flight home. And can you call it up on the screen? It's, it's uh, I'll tell you who was on there. Yeah, that's it. Just pump that up. And you can see the Justin Trudeau, there were 10 people on that, on that uh, government jet. Justin Trudeau, and their titles are on the right-hand side, Prime Minister. James Armbruster, Executive Assistant to the Prime Minister. Ben Chin, former CBC reporter, senior advisor. And then let's skip down. Terry Guion, he's a media advisor. Susan Menkini, she's in charge of the tour. Joanna Robinson, communication. Scott, Adam Scotty, the photographer. Patrick Travers, an advisor. Anna Clara Viancourt, press secretary. But I skipped over that one name, the name in fourth place there. Sarah Clark, special assistant. Do you see that there? What's a special assistant? Like, assisting with what? Well, that, that's their nanny. What, why would the nanny be? This is a pretty close-knit group here. These are all of Trudeau's absolute top people. Executive assistant, senior advisor, director of tour, official photographer, lead press secretary. Like, these are not junior staff. Why is the nanny on that flight? There's no kids on that flight. Why is the nanny on that flight? Now, I don't know anything about Sarah Clark. But one thing I'm learning from these flight manifests is she sure flies on Justin Trudeau's private jet a lot without kids. That's a bit weird. I don't know. I don't expect we'll get any honesty uh, out of the government on that because I think I've come to the conclusion that every single word Justin Trudeau says is a lie. He says he's a feminist, but then he was caught sexually assaulting Rose Knight in Creston, B.C., and when he was called on it, just said, oh, well, she experienced it differently. He didn't deny it. He just said, oh, no, 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 no. I didn't sexually assault her. She just thinks so. Oh, okay, you feminist. And he's really big on indigenous reconciliation. I mean, didn't you see the tattoo he has? Oh, except for when the first indigenous justice minister in history says, whoa, Trudeau, you're being a bit unethical with your SNC-Lavalin corruption. So he fired her. Oh, okay. So, so you're a friend to indigenous people and you want to raise them up in public life unless, God forbid, they criticize your friends. And he's a friend to all minorities, don't you know? Except for that little thing about doing blackface. So many times he's lost count. So many times he's lost count. He did blackface in three decades of his life. His teens, his 20s, and his 30s. 
I mean, maybe you're a teenager, you don't know what you're doing, it's a gag. You, you know, you don't want to be too tough on someone for something they do when they're in high school and it's just stupid. But he kept doing that blackface thing into his 20s and into his 30s. I think maybe just maybe Justin Trudeau is a sociopathic liar about every damn thing in his life. And if he tells you it's raining, you shouldn't trust him until you actually see raindrops. And even his photos of holding his wife's hand in that RV was a lie. Oh, our anniversary, this journey together, my wife, I love you, couldn't do it without you. What did he say? Every mile of this journey together is an adventure. I love you so. Happy anniversary. You're, you're not together, mate. She's been living with another man for a year at this point. You are lying about everything in your life. Do you ever tell the truth or you just say whatever gets you through the moment? You know, I think they're probably both happier on their own. And I, I have no grudge against either one of them. I hope they do find happiness. I, I hope that Sophie wasn't a homewrecker with that Ottawa doctor. Um, it sounds like she's causing some problems for, for the kids in that marriage. She's always been a bit odd. Do you want to call up that video that I think Sheila did about eight years ago now? about Sophie Trudeau when she was a TV presenter. Do you know the one I mean, Olivia? It is, you know, it's super gross. Um, I don't even want to describe it to you on camera. I might send it to you. Yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, is anything in that family real? Hey, can you can you go to uh, Twitter and search from colon Ezra Levant and just type in the word Sophie? Yeah, that is the one. Let's watch a bit of this, and then I, I want to direct you to my Twitter feed. On take a look at this. This is Sheila Gunn Reed a few years ago about Sophie Gregoire Trudeau. Take a take a gander. This is your first lady, Canada or ex-first lady, not quite sure which. Take a look. You're about to see something shocking and horrible. It was meant to be funny, but it's not. It's awkward and unfunny and gross and even morbid. I'm going to have trouble saying this. In 2002, our prime minister's wife started in a fake infomercial about tablets that can flavor menstrual blood. I wish I was joking, but I'm not. Now the video is in French, so it's subtitled, and it is in the absolute poorest of taste. If you're someone with a weak stomach, this isn't for you. Actually, I don't think this is for anybody. I can't imagine who this would be for. It's just that awful. Just watch. Comment va Monique? Ça va très bien, merci. Et John, en parlant de relations intimes, il y a quelques jours dans le mois où c'est un petit peu gênant au niveau sexuel avec son partenaire. Est-ce que tu vis ça? Oui, c'est une période qui est un peu plus limitée. Tu sais de quelle caresse je parle? Oui, je l'ai euh, sur le bout de la langue. <rire> <rire> On se comprend bien. Mais si je vous annonçais aujourd'hui que j'ai un produit qui pourrait transformer cette période féminine du mois en une expérience sensuelle et rafraîchissante. Sophie, tu m'intéresses. Parle-moi en plus. Oui, 
Ce sont les chercheurs de la NASA qui ont inventé ce produit dans les années 80. Tu sais, quand tu as des kilomètres de la Terre dans une station spatiale, euh, les odeurs féminines, ça devient un petit peu encombrant. Hein? Alors, les chercheurs de la NASA ont voulu transformer cette période féminine du mois. Et les missions spatiales, c'est souvent très long. Alors, <rire> les astronautes se sont rendus compte que ce produit transformait non seulement l'odeur féminine, mais le goût féminin en un véritable goût de thé glacé. Alors, ce que, ce que tu me dis, c'est que le, le thé glacé que je bois maintenant est fait... De... Tout à fait, John. Oui. Tu sais, ta femme n'a qu'à prendre une dragée, tasse d'ovule, et une heure après, elle va à la salle de bain, récupère ses fluides corporels et les mélange à un peu d'eau et de citron. Voilà, le tour est joué. C'est incroyable. Mais comment ça fonctionne, au fait? John, Tastovule utilise le pouvoir d'un enzyme breveté, le flaborenze. Comme tu le sais, le sang menstruel est très riche en fer. Le flaborenze métabolise le fer du sang, qui permet d'en modifier le goût et l'odeur. Le, le thé glacé que tu m'as servi tout à l'heure, qui était vraiment délicieux, est-ce qu'il vient en d'autres saveurs? Tastovule vient en plusieurs délicieuses saveurs. Orange, vanille, chocomante, cerise, sangria. Hum... Mm. Et tu sais, John, les chercheurs de Tassovule n'ont pas oublié les fines bouches car ils ont concocté plusieurs saveurs pour plaire au palais raffiné. Aïe des bois, tomates et basilic, radicchio, poulet du général Tao et la nouvelle saveur, pastis provençal. Et une once de vodka dans quatre onces de préparation Tassovule aux tomates et vous avez un délicieux et original Bloody Mary fait maison. En tout cas, je te remercie beaucoup, Sophie, et je tarde de ramener Tassovule à la maison. You know, I don't want to inflict any more on that you or that, of that on you. Um, and I guess in some ways that's apropos of nothing, right? I mean, that's what she did as a private citizen. Um, but you can sort of, in some ways I felt, in some ways I do feel some sympathy for Justin Trudeau. Imagine being trapped. And maybe that's why he kept up the lie. He didn't want to admit failure, perhaps, or something. Maybe he wasn't in control. Maybe she was in control and she didn't want He didn't want her out of control. He didn't want her unleashed. He didn't want her going full tilt crazy. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I should have some sympathy there, but for the grace of, I, of God go I. Maybe, maybe I'm just so damn lucky that that's, um, that someone with that unusual approach to everything is not fused to me for life. And imagine, maybe, maybe there was a security risk. Maybe, maybe they thought, we, we got to say and do whatever it takes to keep wacky Sophie from going rogue. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, and that's the thing about personal lives. Unless you're in that relationship, you don't know. We don't know what other people's lives are like. And I think it is best to leave people's private lives alone. But the reason we're talking about this is because it has so clearly fused into Trudeau's public life. And what resources were spent keeping up this weird charade now that she's in a common law a relationship with another man? Do we have to continue flying her on private jets or commercial jets around the world? Do we have to continue putting her in luxury suites at hotels for coronations and funerals and Joe Biden dinners and Netflix? Do we have to continue to do these things for her? Uh, just so Trudeau can have some sort of a PR moment. So that's one way this is a public matter. Another is, what does it say about Trudeau, the wicked liar, who will lie about anything big and small, who lies about who he is? I think that's relevant. 
hey, can you go to that Twitter thread I, uh, Twitter thread I put in, uh, in the Slack there? And just click on, yeah, uh, click on media and then, um, yeah, scroll down a bit. I, you're getting a bit of a different order than I am, but scroll down here. I've, I've talked about um, these things before a little bit. For, yeah, that one right there. What married man hasn't had an arms and legs hug from a young woman on the street? I mean, Sophie wasn't there, so give her. Trudeau's a bit weird when it comes to him. Would you do that? The way he's super weird and huggy to every woman in cabinet. He keeps scrolling down. Um, yeah, keep going down, 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 down. Um, he was at a, um, maybe head on straight over to, um, yeah, that one there, that one there. Yeah, click on that one there and make that one bigger. This was an interesting one. You can see the date on this, September 14th. Keep the tweet itself. Sophie's busy at home with the kids and a nanny. The shiny pony is out working. So on September 13th, 2014, as you can see, I tweeted that. That was a wedding for a woman getting married to another man. And Trudeau saw the wedding and he went up to the bride and um, thought, this is the time and place that I will come in and kiss another man's bride. It's not a nightclub where everyone's single and drunk. This is actually a very special ceremony for one man and one woman to pledge each other to each other, pledge themselves to each other in exclusivity till death do they part, loyalty and faithfulness. And Justin Trudeau thought, no, no, that's the time for me to come in and make this about me and I can kiss any woman I want. I can treat any woman I want like this because I'm Justin Trudeau. So this was before he was prime minister, but he was on his way to becoming prime minister the next year. I was at Sun News Network when I uh, saw that and I did a video about it and he was so furious. I don't know if I told you the story before, but Gerald Butts, Trudeau's fixer, his friend since college, called up Brian Mulroney, who was the chairman of uh, Quebecor, and Brian Mulroney ordered Quebecor to order Sun News to fire me for doing a little video based on Trudeau kissing another woman's bride on her wedding day. And I also talked about what I said earlier, Trudeau's role models were broken. I mean, Pierre Trudeau and Margaret Trudeau were serially unfaithful to each other. And, and it looks like that's, that generational trauma is being passed down to the next generation. And... Um, Justin Trudeau wanted me fired. So he had Gerald Butts call Brian Mulroney, call, I don't know, Pierre called Pelado or the VP Tremblay, I think was his name. And they didn't fire me because, of course, Sun News signed off on, on that video, um, both legally and editorially. I mean, they could have fired, you could fire anyone uh, without cause. You just have to pay a little extra. But they, Trudeau wanted me fired. And they didn't. And ever since then, I think that was the moment that Justin Trudeau decided that for the rest of his life, he would hate rebel news. Um, good news is we're still alive and kicking. And he's still the uh, lascivious sociopath that he is. Hey, scroll down to one more image. It's the one I sent you, um, the very last one I sent you, because I think this is actually the creepiest one of them all. Yeah, and then click that one in the top right there.
That's a real picture. I remember when that happened. Um, that's a real picture. That's not doctored. That is Trudeau with a woman without her shirt on. That's the feminist Trudeau posing with a young woman. He thinks that's a good idea. What do you think of that? I think that's creepy. I don't know how old she is, teenager, early 20s, even if she's of uh, the age of majority. I think this was at a pride parade. Um, I think that's super gross. I think that Justin Trudeau is like his father, promiscuous, disloyal, unfaithful, cruel, and most of all, a sociopathic liar. I don't know who deserves the other more or less between him and Sophie. Yeah, here's another, he just wouldn't, he just loves posing. Here's another picture of him posing with women with their breasts. So at least they have some sort of a, a covering on. But, that, but the other one with that young girl, I find the most odious of all. And you might be saying, Ezra, what has this got to do? Aren't you being lascivious talking about Trudeau's personal life? Nothing I've shown you is secret or personal. Yeah, he just can't get enough posing with women who are topless. He's doing this because he's a feminist, I'll have you know. But I would say even these women here, or the drag queen men, are, I'd, I'd almost categorize them as sex workers. Like, this is what they're doing. They've, this is who they are. They're, they're out there to make a statement, a sexual statement. But that young girl who just took her shirt off, apparently, um, I think there's something very morally different about that last photograph of that one young girl. It just feels very morally different, the top right one. Um, that's who Justin Trudeau really is. That's your feminist. That's, your, that's the guy who went to the World Economic Forum and said, I'm a feminist and I'm going to teach my boys to be feminist. I think he's a goddamn liar. I think everything he says and does is a lie. And I think it's super creepy what he does in real life, like that photo. And I think it's super creepy what he does to cover it up, like making these fake photo ops with his ex-wife. I think the realest moment I've shown you today is when he's getting his second jab and she throws his hand away. I think that's the realest thing between Trudeau and his wife, Sophie, that we've seen. I don't know. He's creepy. And I think people have, uh, are seeing through that. I, I think that... He's um, a deceiver, as many male feminists are. And people who are enthralled by him, enchanted by him, when they fall out of that enchantment, it's not just a, a neutral, oh, I don't like him. It's a hatred. In fact, if you look at the opinion polls on his favorability, people either love or hate Trudeau. And so let me take that back. Very few people love him. And those who dislike him, dislike him a lot. I think it used to be that people loved him. But now they realize they were tricked by him. They were tricked by him. Um, we've got about uh, seven minutes left in the show. And um, I'll just show you two more Trudeau clips. I'm not going to talk about the war right now. We've, we've covered that very much in depth over the last two weeks, really. But um, let's get back to our Canadian Parliament, where uh, 
Pierre Polyev, the apple eater. Really, that was the best political video of 2023, hands down, when he was in that orchard in the Okanagan with that media party journalist. Wasn't that great? That's just great. So Pierre Polyev was in question period asking about a criminal investigation into SNC-Lavalin. Um, and <laughs> Trudeau's response. I mean, he's, he, he's in a lot of trouble in every single way. And uh, let's take a look at uh, that video from Question Period. I think this was Question Period yesterday. Here, let's take a look. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker. As I said at the outset, I'm running for Prime Minister to put Canadians back in control of their lives by making Canada the freest nation on earth. Yeah. And that freedom includes bodily autonomy, the freedom to decide what people put in their own bodies. And that is why I was proud to introduce a private member's bill in the House of Commons that would put an end to COVID mandates in all we were, of the federal... That's, a, that's another great clip where Trudeau was putting... Where Pierre, Pierre Polyev, excuse me, was talking about um, having the government no longer force people in the federal uh, civil service to take the jab. That was a good exchange too. But the one I wanted to show you was about corruption. I mean, there, there's so many. That's part of the point here. Take a look at this. This is the one I had in mind. Take a look. Prime Minister is neither worth the cost nor the corruption. We know that he illegally interfered to block the criminal prosecution of a multinational liberal-linked corporation that had stolen from Africa's poorest people. But now we know that he was involved in blocking the RCMP from investing the criminality of his conduct. He held back cabinet documents. So we invited the top Mountie to testify on this cover-up. And he and his co-conspirators and the NDP silenced them, the RCMP commissioner and prevented him from testifying. Will the prime minister stop the cover-up and let the Mounties testify? Mr. Speaker, the member opposite well knows that both the RCMP and CBSA's Professional Integrity Division are investigated. The CBSA has also launched an internal audit to look into contracting at the agency and has increased oversight processes when it comes to contracting. Then I have Chef the Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, uh, the question was about the SNC-Lavalin criminal investigation, not the Rivecan app criminal investigation. I can, I can understand there's so many criminal investigations <laughs> that get confused sometimes, but he sure managed to know enough about them to block from any scrutiny. He deprived the police of cabinet documents that may have led to criminal charges against him, and now he's depriving a parliamentary committee from investigating it. The question is, yes or no, will he let the commissioner of the RCMP testify about his blockage of cabinet documents in the criminal investigation of the SNC-Lavalin scandal? Yeah. The Red Honourable Prime Minister. Opposition leader is bringing up matters that were duly settled four years ago. It's obvious that they have no vision for the future of this country, no plan to move Canada forward, and nothing to offer Canadians except cuts, austerity, and partisan attacks. Sort of a pitiful answer, sort of a non-answer, but I think the joke was that 
he was ready for a question about criminal investigations. Uh, he, he just got mixed up with criminal investigations. Um, it is actually incredible. And I think that one of the reasons why there hasn't been a criminal investigation earlier is because Trudeau is ruthless in stacking the entire system with his cronies. Um, that's why he put Brenda Lucky in at the RCMP. She was utterly beholden to him and refused to investigate him for uh, multiple alleged crimes, even ones that many attorneys, gen former attorneys general said, you've got to investigate that. Um, David Lametti was put in place because, uh, I mean, Trudeau literally fired Jody Wilson-Raybould as justice minister because she wouldn't go along and replaced her with perhaps uh, the most weaselly is the word I'm going to go with, uh, justice minister in recent era, David Lemeny, just a super, super gross liar. Uh, and now Arif Virani, like he's just getting, just the standards are getting lower and lower and lower every time. But it's not about justice. It's about making sure that the Justice Department never investigates him. It reminds me of Janet Reno and Bill Clinton. Um, Janet Reno oversaw the slaughter of children at the Waco Ranch. And I think any other president in the world would have fired Janet Reno that minute, but Clinton was smarter than that. He said, I now have the worst attorney general in American history who personally oversaw the murder of children, or not murder, the killing of children. Perfect. She'll do anything I say to keep her on board. That is, she's not a liability, she's an asset. Because she will literally do anything I say. And that's how Trudeau approaches every appointment. He thinks, I'm not going to appoint someone here to be an independent judge or to be an independent prosecutor or to be an independent cop or to be an independent cabinet minister. What are you kidding? That, that suggests that running the government is the highest purpose. Political power to Trudeau is the highest purpose. And so he'll appoint people based on that criterion. And if you realize that, then it makes sense. Then the firing of Jody Wilson-Raybould makes sense. And the appointment of his second and third rate cabinet ministers makes sense. I mean, why do you think Melanie Jolie is foreign minister. Do you think she has any command of foreign affairs? Do you think she has any knowledge about her? No, it's precisely because she doesn't that she's such an important appointee. Well, that's our show for today. I'll be back at 8 p.m. Eastern for the Ezra Levant Show. I want to encourage you to subscribe for that. As you know, I do a monologue and then I have a guest interview afterwards. Um, I do it every weekday. Um, I read some of my fan mail or my hate mail at the end of it, usually. It's eight bucks a month to get the video version of that. The, the audio podcast is free. But may I encourage you to get the video version? We call that Rebel News Plus. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month, which is not a lot for you, I, I imagine, but it really adds up for us. If enough people chip in eight bucks a month, we can really float the boat here because you know we don't take a dime from Trudeau. And it shows. I think Trudeau, in fact, wants to kill us partly because of my coverage of his kissing another man's bride on her wedding day. How gross was that? So if you can help us out, go to rebelnewsplus.com. Plus, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy him. So that's our show for today. Until tonight, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, goodbye. And keep fighting for freedom. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Speaker.
As I said at the outset, I'm running for Prime Minister to put Canadians back in control of their lives by making Canada the freest nation on earth. Yeah. And that freedom includes bodily autonomy, the freedom to decide what people put in their own bodies. And that is why I was proud to introduce a private member's bill in the House of Commons that would put an end to COVID mandates in all of the federal sector. Uh, I want to thank the Honourable Member from Niagara West for having adopted my private member's bill so that we could move it forward even faster. Now, before the Prime Minister proceeds once again to maliciously divide and attack, let, us, let me remind him that the position put forward in this bill is now the position not only of common-sense Conservatives, but it is also the position of the majority of provincial governments, of the Liberal member for Louis uh, Saint uh, Louis Hubert, of the Military Review Complaints Commission, the tribunal responsible for hearing grievances from members of the armed forces. And I will remind the position of the Prime Minister that the position reflected in the bill is now his position. Now, you might under, uh, question why I would say that. The reason is that he had the temerity to go on television about three months ago and claim he had never forced anyone to get vaccinated, that he claims that it should be a matter of personal choice. He wanted us all to forget the way he divided and insulted and name-called millions of people right across this country, patriotic, law-abiding, decent people. So if he really believes he never forced mandates on anyone, surely he'll be happy to vote for this bill to ensure that those mandates don't apply anymore and will never be reimposed again. Sure. So let me be clear about what this bill... Do you want to start feeling like your pre-COVID self again? You're not alone. The wellness company Spike Support Formula is an all-natural supplement to help people do just that. It was created by cardiologist Peter McCullough and his expert team of doctors to help the people experiencing effects from COVID and the you-know-what. Go to twc.health rebel today. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. After years, I'm finally coming to Canada. I'm a practicing internist and cardiologist. I've trained in epidemiology. The FDA wanted to block the Pfizer dossier for 55 years. 50% of the lives at that time could have been saved. We were at about 250,000 deaths. Red Deer, Thursday, November 9th. Get tickets at canadiansfortruth.ca. See you Thursday, November 9th. 